One of the great things about this broader acceptance of telehealth at the moment is that, in theory, more patients have the potential to access healthcare more easily. And that's great as a broad sweeping position statement, but the delivery of healthcare is quite a lot more than just having a consultation where, say, a doctor speaks to a patient. Much of the conversation about increasing telehealth is about how we take an in-person consultation and shift it to a video or a phone call. But what if you needed a blood test or a urine sample or a chest x-ray? All these investigations that are required to actually confirm a diagnosis for a patient. Can these be done under the umbrella of telehealth? Well, there's some good examples of it being done already. And to me, I feel like it's a critical step in this process of continuing the trend of increasing acceptance of telehealth in Australia. So with me today, I'm chatting with two guests who you might have heard on the podcast before, Kirsty Garrett from Doctors on Demand and Adam Brett from ResApp. And today we're talking about how telehealth can help take some of the strain off the healthcare system by reducing referrals and at the same time, improve diagnosis rates across the country and beyond. And just a small update since recording this episode too, so near the end you'll hear Adam talk about ResApp and their COVID-19 results. Well, since recording this episode, ResApp have announced their COVID-19 results, which achieved a 92% sensitivity and 80% specificity. For more information on that, check out the ResApp listing on the Talking Health Tech directory, which will take you through to their website. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Kirsty Garrett, CEO of Doctors on Demand, and Adam Brett, the Director of Commercial Partnerships at ResApp. Kirsty first appeared on the Talking Health Tech podcast back in episode 122 about telehealth in the workforce, and Adam recently featured on episode 201 about the value of mentoring and authentic leadership in healthcare. As proud THT Plus members, they've both appeared in summit sessions and workshops in the past, so it's great to have them both here today. Kirsty and Adam, how are you? Great, thank you. Good to be back. Excellent. It's good to have the both of you because your previous episodes about ResApp and Doctors on Demand were well received across the listener base and the community. So it's great to kind of dig in. And I'm really interested to explore why we've got you both in the same episode. So set the scene for me. What's brought ResApp, DX and Doctors on Demand together here? So when we're looking back at the types of services that we've been provided over the last few years, 39% of all of our consults have been related to respiratory disease. So we've been looking for ways that we can better support our clinicians and provide a better clinical service for our patients for those that are suffering from the broad range of respiratory diseases. So we had been speaking with ResApp for some time and really liked the nature of the evidence-based approach that they've taken to developing their testing and their diagnostics and also their integration framework, which is perfect for telehealth platforms like ours to be able to easily integrate their apps with our telehealth platform for our clinicians. So it was a really good match for us and we're really excited to be able to have an integrated service now available for our patients. And Adam, is this something that ResApp has been keen to explore up until this point? 
Yeah, I think it fits really well. I mean, ResApp Health is probably 12 to 18 months into its commercialization where we were working with a couple of partners globally and we really wanted to tap into a partner in Australia that could get us into some fairly significant areas of corporates and Doctors on Demand have got a platform that is very unique in its proposition and how it's working with different corporates and its end patient base. So for us, it was a perfect fit. We were able to work with Kirsty and the team and get ourselves into a position of using some of the data that we've got as well to help our longer-term strategy. Mm, interesting. For those unfamiliar with the platforms, with Doctors On Demand and ResApp, Kirsty, talk me through the workflow. Like, What does this actually look like? Yeah, so our patients will come into our platform. We're a fully digital end-to-end enable experience for the patient and the clinician. So patient comes on to the platform. We have a 24-7 service for virtual primary care. They will nominate the reason for the consultation. If they put in anything that's related to cough or respiratory, then they'll be invited to uh, conduct a, a respiratory diagnostic test, which is the ResApp test. They will then provide some additional information. They will then take their own phone and cough into their own phone and then that will basically assess the the sounds within the cough and I'll let Adam talk to what happens on the other side of that assessment. But for our clinician, they will then receive in their existing GP portal when they're having the consultation, they'll receive an additional screen that provides the results of that diagnostic test. So they'll get a view instantaneously of whether it's upper respiratory, lower respiratory, and then, you know, what's the suggested disease state. So it just allows them to better diagnose, better assess what's going on for that patient with additional information for them to be able to provide appropriate treatment. So it's a far greater experience for both patient and clinician because there's just another layer of information that's evidence-based. And it's really just tooling up the doctors to be able to do a far greater job in that virtual environment. Mm. And Adam, look, so if this combination of platforms didn't exist, what would someone need to do in a more traditional healthcare setting to receive the same type of service? Yeah, and that's the interesting point because we look at what traditional elements are. The stethoscope was 213 years old now and there hasn't been too many advancements uh, past that. So you go into your normal consultation with a GP, they're going to put a stethoscope on your chest and try and listen to those lung sounds. Whereas what we're doing now is we're able to take your mobile phone, turn it into a medical device and get the outcome levels at sensitivity and specificity ranges between 85 and early 90%. So when we look at those levels, we're able to actually improve the quality of patient outcome as well because we are achieving those high results and that's pretty unique in itself. So it's a great technological advancement and being able to turn someone's phone into a medical device almost seems a little bit sci-fi, but that's the reality we're now living in. Mm-hmm. And for many of our clients, they have a large regional remote workforce. So the option of a doctor with a stethoscope in their hand isn't even there for them because they could be in Weeper or the Pilbara. So these employees need virtual care. They need access to doctors. So this sort of additional support for the clinician to help diagnose and treat just makes that overall service proposition so much better for the employers and the insurers for that telehealth setting. 
Yeah, correct. And I think it's really important with what ResApp Health have been established as we're trying to bring health equity to people who desperately need it. And that's what Doctors on Demand have been able to provide us here is because they do have a lot of regional and remote communities that they're working with. This became a perfect fit for us. Mm. Sometimes I find, you know, with these types of solutions, something is better than nothing. Sometimes that's the approach of like, oh, this is okay, but it's not really the best case scenario. So in this scenario, then where someone, rather than using a stethoscope, it sounds like then there's additional insights and information that'll be captured in using the platform as well. It's not just, hey, let's use this because we can't see them in person and be there in life. It sounds like actually there's more information for a clinician that might be useful that's captured here. Am I right, Adam? Yeah, I think it's really important that what we're trying to do is give the clinician the ability to diagnose and get the best patient outcome. And when we've got this technology now where you can actually bring not just a solution to the table for telehealth and remote areas, you're bringing that complete package where a patient can get the same level of care that they would going into a GP facility at a your local GP. So, it is bringing that ability to to diagnose at a very high level. And when we start going further through, we're not trying to replace a clinician. We're just trying to assist the clinician to get to a better outcome by triaging through and saying, as that patient is sitting in front of you right now, you are now looking at a patient that we believe has pneumonia and we're 85% positive that they do have pneumonia. So that's a big step forward because then from a clinician perspective, you're now triaging and going, okay, well, I'm now going to take that patient through and look for pneumonia and what's my next test that I'm going to take on that patient. And that's certainly proving out in the experience of the clinicians and in the data that we've captured thus far because of all of the tests we've conducted since we went live a couple of months ago, over 60% have indicated a respiratory disease. So that's gold for for the clinicians because they're now getting a much clearer picture and it's down to whether, you know, it croup or lower respiratory, upper respiratory, pneumonia, COPD indicators. So they're able to have a really detailed conversation with that patient off the bat because they've got a very clear picture of what's going on. And does anything else change from a workflow perspective, Kirsty, for a clinician in using these solutions together? Well, I guess that's the beauty of the integration framework. So we've actually taken the data that's generated from the the Res app tool, the Res app app, and and we're presenting that in the world the GP already exists within our telehealth platform. Mm. So they're looking at the patient via video, not telephone, so they've got a face-to-face video consultation happening and then they've got all of the information. We already capture general medical questions. We're already capturing, you know, obviously reason and symptoms for the consultation. And then right there, they're able to pull open the test from ResApp that's come through that had just preceded that consultation commencing with the patient. And this broader discussion around remote diagnostics. So using tools to then provide more insights to create a, I guess, a more rich telehealth experience and and more can get done. Kirsty, you've obviously been in the game for a while and had a busy last couple of years in terms of telehealth. You know, are you seeing some broader acceptance of some of these tools to provide remote diagnostics as part of telehealth services? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we kicked off six years ago, so we've been around for quite some time when we were actually then having to convince GPs to come on board that this is 
a thing. This is a legitimate, safe way to be able to engage with patients and, you know, notwithstanding the huge benefit in terms of accessibility and convenience for the patient. So we ran the initial webinar with the ResApp experts and, and our clinicians. And the beauty of doctors that are now consulting with telehealth, they're already early adopters. So they're already tech aware and interested. So we're fortunate in that our cohort of clinicians are effectively pre-qualified to want to embrace technology. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be working with us. They wouldn't be seeing their patients with telehealth, real telehealth, yeah. as opposed to a telephone call at the back of a GP clinic. So yes, absolutely. The adoptance and the acceptance is there. The feedback and basically the doctors were all really excited to learn how this works. They were interested, obviously, in the evidence that supports the diagnosis. And there were lots of questions and, and lots of information sought after that session. So as I think because they are tech aware, they're already engaged and they're keen to see what tools are available to them to help them do their jobs better yeah. and to provide better care. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, the acceptance is there. More interestingly for us, though, again, based on the data that we've captured since we went live, of those patients that self-identified with a, a respiratory illness, 35% of them nominated to have the test done. So this is before they even know anything about what the experience is going to be like. 35% said, yeah, I'm in that. I'll take that test, please. It's really interesting. There's uh, nothing like a good crisis to drive some change of behaviour. And uh, <laughs> I think when you, you look at what we've done in the last two years with COVID and the very unfortunate situation that that's presented, it's probably pulled forward the acceptance of remote diagnostic tools such as ours probably 10 years. I mean, it was a real challenge, as Kirsty said, you're trying to push and get people to change and get people to accept the use of it. And then we go through a crisis like we have for the last two years and all of a sudden remote diagnostics are at the forefront of everyone's mind. And it's been a really nice change to see across the health community on how quickly people are willing to try to adapt and implement change and trying to get these diagnostic tools in place. So, it has been really easy for us to have these conversations now, whereas two years ago, we were in the same position that Kirsty was talking about, that you were trying to push and push and push, whereas now there is a lot more acceptance for it. And I think that will only grow over the next sort of two to five years as well, where people are going to be, okay, I don't need to necessarily go into a GP clinic to get my consultation. I can do it via video link through telehealth platform. And also the tools that are coming out some of them are pretty amazing and I'll include ours in that where five years ago you probably wouldn't have thought that that could even have been a concept. So it's a very different time and one that I'm thinking that uh, the next two to five years is going to be even different again. Yeah, and I would imagine as part of that kind of pathway for these tools, artificial intelligence plays a really important role in evolving that because it's one thing just to have a tool that captures a result and then sends it securely to a clinician and says, here's the result, is the next thing to have AI over the top of it or through it that then perhaps triages it or provides the recommendations or a clinical, like a decision support tool, something like that. So there's the AI component. We've touched on that a little bit already, Adam, but no doubt that's going to play a big part in driving the adoption of digital diagnostics as well in the future, do you think? Yeah, it will. And we can improve on the algorithms that we've got and the way that we build those algorithms out for the future. And obviously, there's some regulatory compliance pieces that we have to work with there as well. But 
you look at what we can do with AI now and it's just ever evolving into what it could look like in and enhance what you've already got. And I think we look at the sensitivity and specificity ranges that we have now for a lot of those respiratory areas that we can diagnose. And we know that over time, we're going to get those little incremental changes that occur because what we can do around the AI and, and the machine learning components as well. It's exciting for us to be able to make those changes on the current areas, but also opening the doors of what we can do in the future with other respiratory illnesses you know, we've got a couple of different areas that we would like to look into, and that's certainly going to be mobilised by the fact that we have AI and some of the learnings that we're getting right now. Mm, mm. And Kirsty, I would imagine from your perspective as a platform that provides telehealth services for individuals and corporates and, and whatnot, you know, like you say, the respiratory side is represented a large portion of those patients coming through. And obviously, you're not going to also then build out a specific respiratory tool and, and invest in all of that side of things as the platform. So those partnerships are really important and those integrations to be able to enable more of this care. Uh, is that something that will continue to then scale out into more types of solutions in different areas as well for you? Yeah, so our commercial partnerships with experts in the various health segments are, are really key to our strategy. We have obviously partnered with ResApp around digital diagnostics. We've partnered with ResMed around sleep and fatigue management. So we're looking at different categories of the healthcare sector that we can add value to, that we can improve how patients and clinicians can provide better care in those particular environments. Uh, we have a smoking cessation program now. We have you know, specific programs around asthma. So it all ties in really nicely. So why this particular diagnostic is important is it's a horizontal. It's helping us across all of our different sectors and segments that we're servicing. But absolutely, as the technologies continue to evolve in the different other different categories, then, yeah, we've got a, a long roadmap in terms of other tools and other devices that we can actually integrate into our care platform. Mm. And Adam, you know, thinking about one of the biggest benefits of something like this is that it increases the potential for people, whether it be rural and remote parts of Australia or areas, communities of need across Australia and potentially other parts of the world. But sometimes in going into these areas, access to technology or digital proficiency is a challenge. So there's kind of a you need to kind of land in a sweet spot there in terms of the ability for someone to use a tool and the complexity of a tool. So I imagine there's a lot of work that you do in terms of thinking about making a tool accessible and simple to use while also being intelligent under the hood, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Simplicity is the key. And the great thing that we've built with the ResApp DX tool is just simplicity all the way through. So we're using it in remote parts of Kenya at the moment. We have field health clinicians going out and bringing health equity into those regions. We've got some work going on in emergency room triage. We've got work going on where we can put the ResApp DX tool into some pretty unique settings and it's all built on the back of that simplicity and ease of use. The screens, we only go through about five or six screens to get from start to finish for a patient and all we do is adapt the language to the right language for the right areas. And we have that 45-second to 60-second test that gets conducted to give the clinician or the treating health professional our initial diagnosis for them to further build on. So 
when we look at what we can do from a simplicity standpoint now to where it could even evolve to further, where we are looking at what we can do in the back end to then make it even easier for a consumer to use. And our integration methods that we use with our platform providers as well Mm. is very straightforward because we're not trying to be the platform. We're just a test within the platform. So we're just looking to enhance that user experience for that platform provider. Yeah, I always find partnerships are really... um you know, they add so much value, but the devil's in the detail because you don't want people to have to log into multiple different things. And But the more you try and make it connect together, it, it starts to get more confusing and more things can break. So yeah, a lot of work and attention to details required. So I, I appreciate there's been a fair bit of work to get this to where it is today for ResApp and Doctors on the Man. It's exciting times. And then think about moving forward then, Kirsty. So what's on the cards for what can we expect from Doctors on Demand in 2022 and beyond? So we're continuing to refine and improve that patient experience. And to the previous point, simplicity is key so that the patient doesn't have to think about what they're doing or why they're doing it. So we're actually in the next month about to relaunch a whole new patient UX, a whole new patient flow for doctor appointments for our asynchronous repeat prescription service and embedding and integrating things like ResApp. So, uh, yeah, so we're very excited to have a very big web launch coming up and uh, there's been a lot of time going into that and uh, as well as we've got some other commercial partnerships that we'll be announcing soon through the course of this year. Nice one. How do we make sure that as many people in the country can access some really useful tools like this, Adam? I mean, it's great to have it in there available, but then the next thing is it getting it in people's hands. Like what needs to change? There's a couple of different areas. And I think the private telehealth providers have done a fantastic job in the current setting. Um, Without things like reimbursement, that makes really challenging times for not just the provider, but also for a test like ours that doesn't have reimbursement. But I do think there just needs to be more clarity from the government around what's going to happen with platforms like Doctors on Demand and those funding mechanisms and how the amazing propositions that Doctors on Demand bring to the table are almost at the forefront of what you can do with patients. So as Kirsty and the team keep evolving the proposition, you'd want to support it because the patient outcomes that you're getting and some of the improvements in delivery of health are exponential. So there is got to be some really serious conversations around what those reimbursement models look like for the future is probably the first and foremost. And then so Adam, moving forward, Rezab, what are you guys focusing on for this year and beyond? So this is exciting. We are currently waiting for some COVID-19 results. We were doing some research in India and the US and looking at what we can do around building algorithms out for diagnosis of COVID-19. I think when you look at a tool like ResApp DX to then have COVID-19 potentially sitting in there as a part of that tool for screening of COVID-19, but also differential diagnosis of COVID-19 and pneumonia. That could be an absolute game changer for us and fingers crossed that all of our research and outcomes come through favourable because I think if we get to that point where we have an algorithm that can sit alongside the suite of current testing such as rat tests and PCR tests to diagnose and screen for COVID-19, that's going to be a really big change for not just our business but the way we treat COVID-19 moving forward. Yeah, exciting times ahead. Look, we'll put the details for Doctors on Demand and ResApp in the show notes of this episode. People can find your directory listings on the Talking Health Tech website and go through to your websites from there as well. So, Kirsty, Adam, I really appreciate you making the time for this conversation today and all the best. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you very much, sir. Pete. 
Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.